This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. The founder of this company, 10 years ago, was trying to sell his house. He's, you know, he's kind of an important guy. And he said to his wife, if this is what it's like for us, how do people who have no clout ever get around this? So he started a company and it went into business, I think, three years ago. Their deal is, their word is their bond. And they are people that listen to this show. They are just like you. Now, how can I say that? Because I'm the founder of the company. Real estate agents, I trust.com. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. So, Miss E apparently really wants to talk more about cheese, as you heard as we uh, head into the break. You know, we've already talked a little bit about cheese. Tonight. Oh, I know, but I'm gonna I'm excited because I got uh, some info about not having to have a cheese cave and just using your produce drawer of your refrigerator to try to age cheeses mm-hmm. if you vacuum seal them super tight. The cheeses? Mm-hmm. And put them in like the, you know, the food saver vacuum seal bags. Right. And store them in there and rotate them. It should give you the approximation of having a cheese cave. Okay. So just one question. But I am going to take a class. Well, that's good. It's All right, BYO. So that opens up more. M. Bring your own milk. Yep. Bring your own milk okay. and pots and a couple other things. But we have cultures and guidance and presses. And I can't help but notice that in the. Uh, crisper drawer there. We have stuff already. I know. I have to move it because the the <laughs> cold cut drawer, the deli drawer keeps sticking and it's broken and no one can open it. Yeah. So I moved all the cold cuts down into the produce drawer. It's a, that, we bought that refrigerator when we bought our first house together in Oklahoma City in 1999. I know. it's It's been with us for a long time. <laughs> it has because when we moved into our house in Virginia, it moved into the uh, into, the into the garage, and it was the party fridge. It was where we kept all the beer and stuff. But now it's the main fridge, so it's. Mm-hmm. And I had to buy a whole bunch of replacement parts online because all the door <laughs> things had broken off. And okay, tell me more about the class that you're going to take, because I bet our audience is more interested in you taking a cheese making class than the dimensions of our 17 year old fridge. Yeah. So cheese cave aside, um, it's going to be uh, bring your own milk. And a pot and a couple other things. Uh, there'll be guidance and cultures and cheese presses and, you know, instructions. So probably, a, you know, a couple of people working together, um, everybody trying to make a recipe that you want to figure out. Okay. And then there's going to be the main cheesemonger lady who's going to guide you through the process of the cheese that you want to make. So if you borrowed um, your neighbor's culture there at the cheese making class mm. would you be guilty of cultural appropriation oh. get it if i was making like queso blanco i guess <laughs> <laughs> uh but all cheeses are from everywhere like it's kind of no, i just meant because you're no, taking I the know. culture no i know ah. <laughs> don't don't think too much it's just a dad joke that's all it's a bad joke <laughs> A bad dad a joke. bad dad joke. Uh, my friend would know about that. Her dad was famous for bad dad jokes. He was a history teacher at my high school. Yeah. But she was in high school. It, it, and, and it was an unfortunate thing for her and her brothers and sisters because when she was a freshman, she had a brother and or a sister in 10th, 11th, and 12th grade. And their dad was the history teacher. And it was just, you know, everybody knew about him and his really bad jokes. So right. they, they, they bore the brunt of that. So, yeah. <laughs> Bad dad jokes are a uh, they're a civil pleasure for they are for, for dads bad, for, for dads you know <laughs> and then if you're someone like Jim Gaffigan they uh, they can make you a multimillionaire right so. <laughs> <Shaw>. <laughs> <laughs> all 
I he's, saw that he was he's doing a minivan commercial. Right, now. and he's pulling out of somebody's driveway where it looks like it's supposed to be his house. And I'm like, I'm watching this with one of the kids. I'm like, he lives in an apartment in New York. He lives in a two bedroom apartment with five children in New York City. There's no way he would have this to park anywhere. Like, I I don't think he really is a user of the thing that he says he's using. Maybe not. Maybe, you know, if he has to get a rental, he gets the the Chrysler Pacifica. (laughs) Or maybe Chrysler gave him one and he's got a little, you know, side house somewhere that he uh, can keep (laughs) that in. I'm, I'm just guessing. I don't know. Maybe he's still in that uh, two-room apartment, but I'm I'm guessing that uh, Jim Gaffigan may have actually upgraded. I should then. hope it does then by, by this point. <laughs> but you know that there are those diehard New Yorkers that are like, never! They will never leave their you know, rent-controlled, rent right. tiny little box in the sky, no matter what. But, pff, ah, no, not uh, me. Yeah, no. I, I have no desire to live in a tiny house. I have no desire to live in a micro-apartment. Oh, please. Right? I was, oh, so, speaking of this, a, a commercial came on about that. They're, the people are like, well, there's no rent, no this, no that. And one of our children said. What do you mean, no rent, no this, no that? For what? For a tiny house. Oh. To own a tiny house. Okay, so this is my children came to me and said, is it true? I'm like, well, you have to buy the tiny house. And then you can't just park it anywhere. You have to park it someplace where you have access to... Um, sewage facilities mm-hmm. in, in case it's like an RV where you have the septic system on board and then you have to be able to off put your sewage and bring on water and yeah then you have to pay rent because you have to rent space in a campground to do that or you have to rent something or you have to pay space to park I mean it's not free you just it's not like hello I am a gypsy and I can park this anywhere it's it's still not how it works there's still money involved so they're lying to people they're trying to make it like this ooh carefree let me tow my house around park it anywhere existence but that's not the case unless they're like cousin Eddie and they've got and they're cousin just Clark to, to park cousin in the, Clark to park right? in front of, and they can just dump their down the sewage system. And <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's, I was like, please don't do that, tiny house nation people. But yeah, yeah. yeah. So no desire for a tiny house, no desire for a micro apartment. Tiny I, house on the property to use as a guest quarters that would be kind of cool. But then it's also not a tiny house; it's just a it's just a cabin, <laughs> right? <laughs> Well, so. tiny houses used to be called hovels, but then they, uh, <laughs> they got, then, they, then the marketers got a hold of the uh, right, and all of a sudden, ooh. Speaking it's of that, I saw a story today, and it was some sort of I can't remember what it was called, like the New Urbanist or something like that. It was some oh, some website, right? Uh, and it was basically how do we convince hipster millennials to live in trailer parks uh, in the city? That was well. Turn them all into like those airstream trailers. <laughs> like they're all like silver and cool looking, right? Because then you might have the hipsters move in. Um, unfortunately, I don't think that's the uh, that's the case. But you know, they spray paint them pretty colors, right? But the story talked about how uh, trailer parks actually have some zoning leeway that uh, a lot of places don't, and and so if you've got um, you know, sort of a housing shortage that this is actually one of the easiest ways to try to put some additional. Yeah, because apparently you don't have to pay property taxes even if you own your mobile home. It's more right. like you're paying your car tag. <laughs> right. So if you can, uh, if, you, if you've got a, 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 you know, local governing body that uh, is not opposed to the idea of having trailer parks, then, you know, it, it's feasible. It makes sense as sort of, uh, you know, lower income, maybe starter 
uh, uh, homes for people, but um, the idea is to try to make them hip. And so yeah, I, I, you will see in the next year or so uh, the same sort of rebranding of the, the tiny house. This will be the mobile home nation. So I don't know. I, it's, it's, it's just interesting to me how it all comes back to the rebranding. Like it's not about whether or not it makes sense. No. Uh, if you're just starting out to, you know, look, you've got more space, you've got a cheaper rent or, or even a, 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 you know, a, a house payment that you could afford. Like there are actually legitimate reasons. Well, there's, and there's privacy. Cause there's a lot, gotta be a lot more privacy in a mobile home than there is in an apartment. Right. Because you don't have anybody up, over you, around you, you know. Exactly. But this article, like, mentioned none of that. It was all just basically... Trying to make it hip. Yeah. How do we make this hip? Well, you, what, what you do is you put a man bun on it, and then you have it grow a beard <laughs> and wear uh, those cargo shorts mm-hmm. and plaid untucked long sleeve shirts like with the sleeves rolled up every apparently that's like the hipster man look around here every home comes with a free eight track player so you know Ooh. you can be ultra hip while your that's friends cool. while your lamo friends are listening to vinyl you I have are to the say, epitome of cool because at, you're listening to eight track at one point in my life uh after my parents got divorced and my mother was thinking of moving uh, we actually looked at some um mobile homes mm-hmm and I was, well, I, I always had a house, and I was kind of like, what, "What are we doing here?" But I was ridiculously surprised. It was like it was like walking into a TARDIS. Like it was surprisingly spacious, considering it was just a big box. Right. Once you got in, you didn't feel like you were in a box. It actually felt like it was kind of a house. Yeah. The little the the match bedroom was nice. The little bedrooms were like ridiculously tiny. My sister and I would have to sleep on top of one another, basically. But, uh, but yeah, it was. I was really surprised. And my aunt lived in one in Florida. It was the same thing. It was just like, this is a lot nicer and and more palatial on the inside than I thought. But still, it's not. It's it's just weird to think that yeah this is the hipster thing to do now right it yeah. just doesn't seem to be a hip but, but then again they have the tiny houses this is this this is be, between the the tiny house and the cute studio apartment nation it's the little nation it's the yes and it's sort of the impermanent nation it as is. well which is mobile uh, home kind of interesting right all right we're gonna take a, a quick time out when we return here on this edition of forty acres and a fool. Is he might not be with us. I don't know. You look like you're getting ready to fall asleep here. I'm yawning, but um, <laughs> you can do we have it. Emails, right? You I can, can do, do it. it. We got one more segment. One more segment. All right, stick around. We'll be right back with more Forty Acres and a Fool from the Blaze Radio Network right after this. You're listening to Forty Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. 